Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Teeing It Up with CNV. Um, let's keep it blunt. I'm your host, Connor. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Vladdy. Championship week or weeks, depending on how these series go. How you feeling, man? You got the guns out. The sun's been out all week. How you doing? Um, I'm As doing amazing. The camera I'm, I'm doing amazing. YouTube. I don't know if you picked up when we were kind of talking but before we started. It's I'm very giddy, very up, almost kind of like I'm on like crack or something. So I had this massive weight on, uh, on of my shoulders on work where I, I've kind of mentioned this before, where I kind of got a lot of work from one of the senior engineers while he's been gone for a month. And this one test that I was really stressed about, it was going to be in a week and a half's time on, I guess, basically two weeks. It would have been on June 14th. And the thing that made it stressful is it would have been at a third party. So I would have had to perform this own test. I would have had to set it up myself all in front of like external people. Like if it was just internally, I'd be a little yeah. bit more open to it. Cause you know what? You fall flat on your face with your own like employees, your colleagues, like they're there to help you. I was very scared um, <laughs> about this test, but it turns out there's a 95% in my opinion, certainty that it has to get moved like way in probably August time to which the senior engineer will be back and he will either help me or do it all himself. And <laughs> I am so excited. I have a short week. Um, I don't work tomorrow. Uh, Kareem Benzema might not be leaving Real Madrid, so we might not be screwed. It's yep. just, I've had a whirlwind day. I am doing amazing. Um, what a so Thursday. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm actually, I'm not technically off. I'm, I'm work from home, which they don't usually let us do um, tomorrow. So that's always nice because our office is part of the grand Prix track for this weekend. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So we're like right on it. And like, they were, they start doing trials tomorrow. So it would have just been like absurdly loud. Is this the Detroit grand Prix? Yeah. Yeah. So is Dan Campbell going to show up to the podium with another motorcycle helmet on? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't even know. Like it's IndyCar, right? What even is the Detroit I have no grand idea. Uh, I, yeah. it's, I mean, this is not formula one. So I don't really pay attention to in terms of the racing world. Yeah, it's um, not NASCAR either. So, no, it uh, yeah, but that's nice. They're getting me a day of working from home, uh, which basically means considering I only have like my email and a little bit of other stuff, I do nothing. Uh, Congratulations, man. So, yeah, so it's a back to back. My third week working, and it would be three, three or two, three day weeks. Um, oh, you're on fire. So, I'm on fire, but I'm due for some five days, like for a long stretch of time, which is the worst. <laughs> hey, um, man. Welcome, I'm not welcome. used to them either. School, school. I had one online class Friday mornings, which I basically considered not doing anything Friday. So even though I still studied all day. But anyways, lots to talk about. Mainly what has happened, what's going to happen tonight and this weekend as we step into the championship series for the NBA and the NHL. I wanted to start with some uh, brief other news. Uh, the Tigers are back to one game below 500. They're only, I believe, a game and a half out of first place. And what did we learn? I believe Tuesday, Riley Green, Riley Green's stress fracture in his foot. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, he's been the best player on the team. He's batting like 290 this year. Um, basically the only position player that has ever worked out in the Tigers organization. <laughs> and they're saying he's probably going to miss a month to six weeks. So, isn't Erod done as well? Not done, I, but isn't he on the on the? Yeah, he's right hurt now? as well right now. Kind of burns any stock you had as far as 
trying to get capital for him at the trade deadline because um, he's not going to get any stock, any starts to upgrade his value. Yep. Um, so basically, just a quick note, the Tigers are fooked. Uh, they were fooked. We just had a little bit of hope. Um, and it's still somewhat meaningful baseball because of how bad the AL Central is. Um, but it won't be for very long. So that's the point I'm going to make as we transition into the better stuff. Um, that was the conference finals. I think we should start there. Um, yeah, let's get into it. The NBA. Uh, let's do it. The biggest strip tease, I think, in the history of a series was the Boston <laughs> stuff. Yep. Uh, coming back down 3-0 only to tie the series Saturday night and to lay an absolute egg on national television in game seven. Jason Tatum only 14 points. Jalen Brown 19 points. Um, kind of the same things we were saying when they were down 0-3. Uh, they went away like this, like as Boston's fans usually do. And it went from, oh, my God, Jason Tatum is him to, oh, my God, Jason Tatum is not him. He's not a superstar. He shouldn't get a super max. Ime Doku is like, the Celtics are a mess. The Celtics will never be back to this, yada, yada, yada. The Celtics suck. That's Boston sports fans. I went on a tangent last week about it, so I won't go too far into it. But I don't know, man. Can they win with this group? So I guess I was going to talk about that later. I kind of want to quickly recap the games then maybe get into the storylines that yeah. come afterwards because I think, like you said, that that's probably more important. Um, yeah, games four and five were particularly not very exciting. Um, I think game four specifically, Boston controlled the – no, 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 game five. Uh, game four – was kind of close, kind of not close, and Boston pulled away late. Game five, Miami was sitting their starters in the fourth quarter, um, kind of saying to themselves, you know, we'll get you in game six. Game six, based on the kind of the box score and watching some highlights going back and forth, it seemed like it was an electric game to watch. It's just a shame that we didn't get to watch it because we were in Charlotte out with friends. Um, and then game seven was another dud. Um, Miami mm-hmm. controlled the entire game. I understand Jason Tatum rolled his ankle at the very beginning, but I don't really think that's an excuse. I mean, Miami has played the entire playoffs without Tyler Hero. Um, players get hurt. And the Celtics starters were on the bench with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, which is kind of crazy in an elimination game, no matter yeah. how much you're down. Um, and I guess before getting to Boston specifically, I think as a as a whole, it doesn't matter what sport this is, I, I understand and I think everyone kind of understands why it is so hard to come back from 3-0 down because you put yourself in a position where even if you're the better team on paper, even if you're this, even if you're that, you have to play four perfect games in a mm-hmm. row. And then on top of that, you have to get lucky. And that doesn't happen very often. And that is why no team in the NBA has ever done. I think the NHL, maybe it's happened once. Yeah, I think it's three times. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it doesn't happen. So to back to your question, though, of the break it up or not break it up. Oh, hold on. One more thing before that. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown played like he was a gambler and he had bet against his own team. He was giving away the basketball like Halloween candy to children. It was, it was ugly. Um, as of as for the break it up part, you know, it's tough to say that because it only needs to work once and then you get it right. I mean, again, we'll go back to the Warriors, kind of the dynasty of our generation. I, I want to say Steph was 27 the, the first time Golden State got it right and made an yeah. NBA Finals and won an NBA Finals. Meanwhile, Brown and Tatum, I think, were 25 and 26 years old, something like mm-hmm. that. 
they are they're not they're not old people and they're not rookies anymore so they're kind of in that prime so whether you have to break it up or not i'm not really sure but the one thing i will say is if you plan on keeping them together i think you have to find a point guard um and one that can facilitate marcus smart is a great defender He's also a generational flopper. You know, we talk about generational people for like bad things like Draymond Green, generational illegal screen setter. Mm. Marcus Smart is a generational flopper. Yeah. This dude sells no contact. He sells little contact. He sells a lot of contact. He goes down, he goes down with the best of them. But I'd argue he's a poor man's Draymond Green in general. He could be. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit. I think Draymond's a little bit more versatile because he's a little taller and can kind of guard multiple positions. Yeah. But yeah, I I think Marcus Smart is not a he's not a facilitating type of point guard. No. And then Malcolm Brogdon they traded for him this year. It seemed like it didn't really work out, especially in the no. playoffs where I didn't even really see him on the court. No. So I think if you're looking at keeping it together, you have to find a way to get a point guard. Now, what type of point guard again? Maybe Chris Paul, maybe if Phoenix if Phoenix is blowing it up, I mean a Chris Paul kind of I don't know. Like, yeah, that'd be like uh, on a group that notoriously can't win, adding a guy that also notoriously can't win. So maybe yes. two wrongs make a right. But he is also, like I said, he is that guy that fits the mold. And if you look at what he did in Phoenix, he did kind of come in and he was that veteran guy that got him to yeah. the finals. So, right. yeah, you're right. He's never actually gotten over the finish line. But I think, again, I, I, I try and look at other types of players, other point guards in the league that are feasible. I mean, like, could you say Damian Lillard? Sure, but then you have to break it up because Boston doesn't have the assets to go get Damian right. Lillard on top of those two guys. So it's a it's a tough question to ask. Well, whether you break it up or not, there's going to be a lot of questions asked this summer. It'll be fun for that fun for that way, fun for us watching Boston kind of in. Di- uh, I mean, I say disarray. They still have gone to like six straight Eastern Conference Finals or something. Yeah, like that. obviously not because I think mean, they, they they had the Brooklyn year where they got beat in the first round, but. It's a team that is perpetually successful, and yet we're calling disarray. Oh my God! Do you break up their core of good players? That's that's how. Well, that's Boston just the bo- that's the Boston thing behind it. Because this is the Detroit Pistons. Like, like Detroit fans are like crying in the streets of, of glory for, for the owner and the the coach and every single player. I think that the blow it up part is the is the Bostonite where they're so spoiled yes. as a fan base. Yep. This, this, this is this considered failure for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I will say a couple storylines on the Miami side. I was, I was listening to some stats, Miami in that series averaged 56 points per game from undrafted players. That is absolutely unreal. And I would like to count, uh, a 39,000 year old Kevin Love contributing as well. Like there, it's just, it's such a likable team. Yeah. The way everything was done, it's kind of. You sit there and you look at yourself and you're like, well, why not us? Because like, it's not like they're running around with Giannis. Like, there's only one Giannis. They're running around with dudes. I don't. Did you hear? Have you heard the story of Caleb Martin? Mm-mm. This dude, two off seasons ago, was working out in a gym owned by his friend J. Cole. And wow. then his friend J. Cole called Miami and said, "This guy's pretty good. Why don't you give him a shot?" Miami gives him like a 10-day contract. The next season it becomes a two-way deal. Then they bring him to a full full-time spot on the roster. I mean, 
just you can't make That's... up some of the stories for these guys. It's yeah. it is sensational. It's it's that kind of like I don't want to call it like a cliche, but it's that like feel good like the the kind of story you see in Moneyball where Scott Hatterber can't throw anymore, and they're like, yeah, man, go play first base. It'll work out for you. <laughs> what a name. Uh, yeah, you didn't think you'd I, that I love that comp, but that's so true with that Miami Heat team. Uh, did you see the clip of Jimmy Butler not, not wanting to touch the Eastern Conference trophy? Oh, yeah. He, he, that's, that's, that's Michael Jordan's illegitimate son. Yeah, that's why uh, I'm going Heat in six. I know we'll do a bit of a preview. Do we, we want to go right into, into it? If you want. I told people all week, Nuggets, and now that we're here and now that I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler, the Heat in six. So, I guess... I, I'll I'll get to my prediction later, probably because I haven't made up my mind. But as always, the Heat are the underdogs, and if I remember correctly, based on the odds, they're pretty big underdogs in this in this series. And everyone, including myself, has doubted them. I mean, I remember a month ago I was saying, "Oh, well, they're in the play-in game, playing for the right to get killed by Milwaukee," and yet here they are. So, what am I what am I supposed to say? I mean, it, it's an incredible team. I'm going to root for them. Um, I think this is a different beast that they found because I think the duo of Jokic and Murray is more than what they've seen in the playoffs. I mean, you had yeah. Giannis in round one, but you had him for half the series. And then Milwaukee's kind of missing that Jamal Murray Robin to someone else's Batman. So this is a better one-two punch than they've seen. Um, I do believe that Miami does have a lot of depth that can really help them out. I mean, Tyler Hero has been cl- has been clear to return to basketball activities now well whether he's going to play or not is a different question because they played so well and gotten this far without him and it's like how do I bring him back into the team because he can score but defensively he's a, more, a little bit more of a liability than what Miami has kind of rolled with with the other guys um so that'll be for Spolster to figure out he's a smart guy I'm sure he'll do it Miami also does have the advantage if they have played basketball in the last week and a half, whereas Denver yep. hasn't. So maybe game one, Miami can come in, steal a game maybe before the fatigue kicks in, and you, you say to yourself, you know what, we stole game one. We'll see what happens in game two. But this is tough for me. Um, I My heart wants to say Miami because I've I, – like I said, I, I've sung their praises every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we've recorded over the last month and a half. But I don't see it happening. I, I do think the Denver Nuggets will get it done. I will say in seven. Okay. So you're going against the storyline team. Yes. I'm going to go for the storyline team because in the other sport, I'm going to go against the storyline team. Okay. Um, But that makes sense. I just think it's one of those things where I think Jimmy Butler is the biggest dog on the court. And I think that matters in an NBA Finals. It's why LeBron James only has three and a half championships. Oh, he's got four. Michael, he's got Michael four. Jordan has six. Uh, <laughs> the dogs come out and they win championship games. Hey, tell me, when, tell me five, when Michael Jordan had to five. play against the KD Warriors in the finals. I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's why Kobe had five. That's why they come to play. That's why they bring rings. The dogs come out and they bark a lot in the finals. And that's Kobe Jimmy wasn't Butler. even the best player for his first three titles, so I don't want to hear it. Okay. What does that have to do with Jimmy Butler? No, I, I, I again, I, I, you, I said it before. He's Michael Jordan's illegitimate kid. Like Jason, I might Tatum, be, I might be missing. Am I wrong here? Jimmy Butler does not have a ring. No, he doesn't. 
Okay, he's kind of, I think he, I don't want to say our generation because we also saw the last generation, but like, I think he's this decade's version of Dirk Nowitzki where it's like, get this man a ring. Okay. Dirk did get a ring. Though. Yes, he did in 2011. Yeah. So hopefully, I hope that for Dirk. But, so, Dirk and Jimmy. Um, sticking with basketball, I know the other news that is kind of affecting the the hometown t- team in quotation marks. They they were loosely a team this past season, but Monty Williams, um, been hired by the Detroit Pistons. He is the highest paid coach in basketball. He is Ever. the highest paid coach in America that is not football. Um, to be honest, even with football, I don't know how many people are going to be higher than him because he's making an exuberant amount of money, but. Why? What? Why? Why is he hired? Why? Because I mean, I love it. So I'll, I'll rationalize start... it for me. Okay. You. So I think it's an absolute home run hire. Um, Monty Williams was probably the consensus first or second best coach available right now. Maybe him and Budenholzer. What about Coach? What about Coach K? Bring him out of retirement. Uh, I think he's. He, I think he's all right doing USA basketball activities, but um. Here's here's what's important for me. I think it's important how he became the Detroit Pistons head coach. It's not like they got Wembenyama and he's like, you know what? This this is the place where I want to be. I think it showed Tom Gores' willingness to win. I think it turned into Tom Gores calling him and saying, hey, we want you to be our coach. And he said no. And then Tom Gores called him again and said, I don't think you understood me. Write as yeah. many zeros as you want on this check. I'm, you're going to be my head coach. And I love that from an owner because Tom Gorsh for the longest time has appeared as a guy who doesn't even like the Pistons. He lit, he, he sits out in California the whole year, hangs out, maybe comes back for a game or two to throw some jerseys to the fans. But this shows me that there is an owner in Tom Gorsh who is willing to win and he has gotten maybe that first piece. Um you brought in a guy who has developed players. He's NBA proven and he's liked and respected by pretty much everybody on the planet, not named DeAndre Aiden. Hmm. So you're ready for some facts. This is where I told you beforehand, we might get into a debate. Do you want to tell me, me that you, you want me, you want me to tell you the Phoenix Suns record before Monty Williams showed up? Okay. 19 and 63. You know who also came to that roster? Who? Devin Booker got older. Chris Paul came to the team. DeAndre Ayton was drafted. And and I like that. Can Cade Cunningham not become that? Devin Booker is a career 26-point-per-game scorer. Now, will I agree that he probably has more ability to explode on one night than Cade does? Probably. But... Cade's 21 years old. How are we supposed to know what he can or can't do? He's going to, like you just said, he's going to get older. Jaden Ivey's going to get older. Jalen Duran's going to get older. There is cap flexibility. There is cap space to bring in a Chris Paul-type veteran that you can use as a kind of leader for your team that maybe hasn't been there and hasn't done that yet. You're looking at a team that also, I mean – Granted, it's in the worst draft we've ever seen. They're in position to take their most needed thing, which is a wing defender or a 3 and D guy at five. I guess what I would say is this. Not saying it happens in two years like it did in Phoenix or three years. 
I'm saying the first step that needed to happen, which was effectively don't let Kevin Ollie become the head coach of this basketball team. Because, I mean, I, you, you see me right now. I'm a colossal defender of the Pistons. If Kevin Ollie was the head coach, I would have been there right with you saying, burn it down. You know what? Just move the team to Vegas and, like, give it to LeBron afterwards. I, I think this is the first step in the right direction. You have the young core of players and you have the ability to go get the veteran. I also think that Monty Williams has been a guy who's kind of developed players in the position that the Pistons need. I mean, Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson before they got traded away for Durant were players that were not necessarily your top three pick. And he turned them into good NBA players. So I rest my case. Yeah. I'm going to bring up the point that I brought up before the show and that didn't they hire a guy who had kind of brought a team to playoff stardom, I guess you could say, had brought a team to consistency and was kind of somewhat surprisingly fired, similar to Monty Williams, and they paid him a bunch of money and said, here, you're going to turn this thing around. And his name was Dwayne Casey. You know what happened to him? He got fired by the Detroit Pistons a couple of months ago. He got freaking fired. And you know where they were? You know how many games they won? Monty Williams, 19 wins when they took I don't even think the Pistons got that last year. Were they, 18, they, like 17? they got 17 or something. 17? Not Maybe. even 19. Hey, the best player wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. He, he could have got them to 19. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do believe that. And I do <laughs> I do buy into, like, the, I do think Cade's going to be a good player. I do worry about, like, you missing him missing a full year. Yeah, like, no, that's like, – he's going early. into his sophomore year this year, which is disappointing. Maybe he matured mentally a year, but physically, tactically, just awareness of, like, how basketball works at this next level, he did miss that next step. I completely agree there. There is there is going to be a, a – I'm going to call it a setback, but it's it's one more year that maybe you have to wait before he kind of does get it. Um, but he's a one and done, so it's not like he's he's twenty five at this point. Yeah, I mean he's already he's, he's actually he's he's younger than us. So yeah, he's I think he's much younger than us. And so that's what I'm saying. It's it's the first step to. Does the money scare you? Because the money is whatever for coaches because they don't count for the salary caps. Yep. So they really don't. It's really about an owner owner's cash flow and his ability to pay other people, other employees on the on the paycheck roster. Um, to me, it's just the expectation that that comes with. The so, expectation of of someone making that much money is for this thing to turn around quicker than fans probably were expecting if this contract hadn't been given out. So you, there is definitely some truth to that. We live in the age of social media where people are often not willing to give things time. I mean, we just sat here and talked about how maybe Boston has to blow it up with a couple of guys who are a year older than us. Um, yeah. You're right. That probably will create some expectations. Um, I thought you were going to go about it a different way. I thought maybe you were going to go about it with the way of uh, what is that going to do for his like psyche? Like, is he just going to sit there and think to himself, "Oh, I'm here to collect the best paycheck a, a play or a person like me has ever seen in my position." Yeah, I don't know if I buy into that necessarily. I don't either. I just didn't know if that's how you, where you were trying to lead that question. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I wasn't. I mean, I I don't think it's that's like completely off the table, but I don't think that's necessarily relevant at this mm -hmm. level. Like I think especially like you get that kind of money. And like you said, he's had a lot, he had so much success in Phoenix and to have it end the way it did. 
I think no matter wh- where he was or what money he got next, there was going to be a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's kind of the over overarching character trait of him coming into this as opposed to him getting so much money that he's lazy now. I, I don't necessarily buy that one. You mentioned chip on the shoulder, and I kind of just remembered how it, how he was let go. You're actually right. I think there might be a, something like that where he's going to come into the league thinking, hey, or he's going to come to Detroit and it's going to be maybe a little bit of, hey, I want to show Matt Ishbia up. Because, right. I mean, Matt Ishbia did the ultimate like video game move where he bought a team because he can and then traded for a player because he can and then fired yep. everyone there because he can. He's like, well, I'm the owner. Watch this. And he's just yep. making all these crazy moves. Like He's basically living out everyone's dream of like, Oh, do whatever you want. He's playing GM mode on 2K that we all did growing up. And so maybe yeah, you're right. That maybe there is that Monty Williams wants to say, you know what? Screw you. Um, I'm gonna do it somewhere else. I see those UWM signs all over all over little Caesars. I'm gonna get this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something like that. It's it's uh, fun. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, I I love the hire, I love the situation. Um I think we'll, we'll we'll certainly get more into it in the summer, probably nearing the draft, and then when free agency happens. But I I do think that they're the Pistons are in a place where you can look forward to it. I do think the only issue I will say, I guess, and you know, this is something we'll talk about later, is Troy Weaver and Monty Williams' mm. timelines might not be aligned. Where if Troy right. Weaver has a disastrous summer and this team is once again fledgling around. 18 wins or is it the deadline and they suck Troy Weaver could get fired and he would rightfully get fired and then what happens with the next GM you bring in doesn't agree with what Monty Williams is doing so that's where I I, it's it's kind of like it's more prevalent in the NFL because I think the NFL changes regimes quicker because you're expected Mm -hmm. to turn around quicker but I think when in the NFL you bring in a head coach and a GM together and then they figure out their quarterback and they're all tied together the quarterback fails they all fail but I think that might be one thing that concerns me a little bit. And that maybe Cade, Jaden Ivey weren't uh, in, weren't, my, I'm, Monty Williams doesn't pay, he's a coach, he hasn't picked them, but he, I know what you're they saying. Weren't, they weren't, he wasn't there for that. He, was, he wasn't yeah. in the room when they were drafted. Correct. That's a good way. Yeah, he wasn't in the room for that. I don't think that's going to play necessarily effect, especially since this team is going to be bad again next year. So, like, I mean, obviously, we expect improvement from 17 wins. But they are <laughs> going to do that again. So. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, so moving on, the other major sport, the El Okay, uh, that's hockey in a different language, I think. Uh, their cup is gonna. Their finals are gonna start a little later this week, Saturday night. It's gonna be Vegas versus the Florida Panthers. Um, to quickly go through, I know. Had Florida, I'm not sure if Florida had swept since our last podcast. They ended up sweeping Carolina. They're an awesome story. Matthew Kachuk is electric. If you watch, like Google him and look all the stuff he's been doing in hockey, if you're not a big hockey guy listening to this, he's awesome. He's great for the sport. Obviously, his dad's, um, if not a Hall of Famer, going to be a Hall of Famer. His brother's the captain. What? Isn't his dad Keith? Yeah, Keith. Big wall. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't sitting there screaming in the – in the camera like a troll for no reason. No, got his dad is awesome because his dad showed up to camp one year and like he his dad is like 25th, 30th all time in goals in the NHL. And he showed up to camp one year weighing like six six one, like 280. Like he just spent the summer gassing beers and playing golf. 
and like he lost like 50 pounds in like a three-week camp to, to play a season <laughs> that's so unhealthy <laughs> yeah it's so it's so 90 like so like late whatever it was late 90s early 2000s yeah before uh, medicine and technology fully took over and maybe people understood hey this is not the best way of doing things yeah we're like guys went out for beers after practice and now they go out for protein shakes hey michael you can't show up drunk you can't do that yeah no don't worry about it i just gambled away 200 grand i got this yeah it was like charles bark the big hockey podcast charles barkley was just on because the one guy's on the tnt for uh, hockey um and he was telling a story about how he played one game drunk because he thought he was going to get traded. And they said, no, wait, we, the deal didn't go through. And he, so he had to play this one game drunk. And they looked up the stat line and he had like, he averaged like 19 points, like 10 rebounds that season. And in that game, he had like five points, one rebound and like <laughs> played the normal amount. Also, you mentioned TNT. Is, is, the, is the Stanley Cup on TNT? Uh. I believe it's rotating. Yes, actually, it should be because ESPN had it last year. So, yeah, it should be on TNT. I was about to say, you're telling me ESPN paid all of that money. They don't even get the final. <laughs> they, yeah, I think they rotate because, well, ESPN pisses me off. Their coverage of hockey is terrible. They won't well, they show don't any of the violence. That's the issue. What? They don't cover hockey. That's the issue. Exactly. They don't. But you bought the idea was ESPN's going to buy it. ESPN pimps their product. ESPN's the biggest name. So it's going to be good for an NFL instead of having them on NBC S10. Like, like that's not the same. They All they have is Notre Dame football. Who watches that? Um, they haven't won anything in this millennial. Anyways. Uh, so salty here. Yeah. But ESPN. But they haven't done that. Like, they haven't pimped hockey. They haven't even attempted to put a good product into their – and most of the – other than Ferraro and McDonough, which actually is probably the best crew running, uh, their other side crews suck for hockey. They every game is on ESPN Plus. They don't show games during the regular season. At least TNT has like a Wednesday night hockey thing that you can tune yep. into. Like TNT does a great job. They've kind of created a booth that's similar, like to the the basketball booth. Um, ESPN has not done that, and then they don't show any of the violence. They cut out fights. Their actual broadcast of the game is sloppy and sucks. And it just seems like they just kind of like, we're like, okay, we bought this. Like, we bought this pretty cheap, so who cares? And it's, it's as a hockey fan, it's kind of frustrating to see. Um, anyways, back to the actual hockey. So Florida, awesome. Electric story. Only got in on the last day of the season because Pittsburgh lost to Chicago. Uh, who, if you don't know, Chicago is the number one overall pick, yep. so that was quite the upset. Very uh, shocking to see them get that pick, by the way. Yes, they moved up two picks. And with all the scandal stuff they've had, you were a little surprised that they were awarded by the NHL. Um, anyways, lost my train of thought. But they're the coolest story. They were down 3-1 to the Bruins, last team in, greatest playing the greatest team to ever do it, apparently. End up coming back. They're, I believe they're since they were down three one. There's something like ten and one, I think, since then. Um, kind of like the NBA finals, there's going to be a rust versus rest factor. They're, mm-hmm. Florida's going to have the second longest layover in NHL history with eleven days in between series, um, and that's mostly because Vegas ended up Vegas after dominating the first three games, not really looking close, um, gave up two to Dallas, um, and as soon as Dallas looked like they had some life. What does Jamie Ben, their captain, do? I don't know if you've seen this play. I have he not. 
he literally like goes into the wall with somebody. They both fall. He gets up and just goes right into this guy's skull, like for no reason. Three minutes into the game, no context. Captain out. They end up winning the game, and then they end up getting absolutely trounced six to nothing. I saw that one. Uh, never close. I really like how the way Vegas plays. They're kind of like they have been this band of misfits as they should be. They were an expansion team that people just kind of gave away players to them. Um, and like I said, they made their fourth uh, conference final in six years as a franchise. This will be their second Stanley Cup final in six years as a franchise. Pretty impressive. The deal of the Wings haven't even made the playoffs in that time span. Um, they're kind of led by Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. Uh have gotten great goaltending. They're on their third goalie of the playoffs, Aiden Hill. I don't know. They're both of these teams play such a perfect playoff style, and they have these good skill guys that are also just like rats and just so physical and hard to play against. Like Mark Stone, Eichel's turned it on defensively. Matthew Kachuk is like that. Sam Bennett lays people out. That's just going to make an exciting series. I think Vegas is just such a complete team. They have such better defensemen, Petro, Shea Theodore, um, Martinez. They got guys up and down the lineup that can play. Um, like I said, I'm going against the storybook story of the Cats. Although, the only saving grace is Sergei Bobrovsky. I know I've kind of said his story. $10 million goaltender, one of the highest paid ever, uh, only to lose his starting job this year. He's been on an absolute tear, uh, setting historic pace in the playoffs. Uh, that's the one thing with hockey is you can play. It's kind of like baseball. You can run into a hot pitcher and have no chance in hockey. You can run into a hot goaltender and just have no chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the only way the Panthers win this series is if Bobrovsky steals them at least one, maybe two games. Stands um, I'm on going his head. Vegas, Vegas in seven. Um, I guess the one question I have is just cause I've, I've really hockey's two, two, one, 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 right. It's not two, three, two in terms of format. Uh yeah, it's it's two two one yeah yeah okay two two one one one. I'm not sure who thought it would be a good idea to switch two three two at one point, but who yeah, who still does that? No, well, the, no, the NBA had it for I think a certain stretch of time, and then they got rid of it. I don't remember when it was though. I want to say baseball did that at some point. I don't know. Baseball is weird because they keep adding and subtracting teams too, and then they do like the weird three game like best two out of three now to start their playoffs and it's like it used to be the it used to just be one wild card ALDS was best three out of five and then and then ALCS World Series were both best out of seven I remember that but the one thing I will say if we're if we if we are going to talk about this right if we're going to go on this tangent having a one game wild card after a 162 game season that was not normal that that would that that was not normal but that was only if there was a tiebreaker oh that was only for the tiebreaker that was only for a tiebreak. That was only because the Tigers and was it the Twins? I, ah, yes, I remember that game. They were tied. I remember they were tied I, at the old shit barn that they yep. Minnesota used to play in inside. That <laughs> yep. was the most garbage like high school indoor stadium I've ever seen. That looked like that's like that that looked like my twelve U travel team like practicing inside a total sports in Wixom on like soccer. <laughs> Little sports in Wixom. (laughs) That's what it looked like. Hey, man, I'm laughing because I get it. I played a total sports in Wixom. Yeah. 
You don't want to play baseball there, is more. My point. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't really want to play soccer there. Their turf was terrible. No. Yeah, I threw up on their turf a lot. Anyways, good for you, man. <laughs> have we hit? Have we hit rambling phase? I think so. Do you want to give a hockey pick just for the shits and gigs? Yeah, because I know so much about hockey. Give me the storyline. Let's go, Panthers. Love it. Love it. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Vladdy's got the Panthers. Yeah, big hockey, a big hockey guru on this side of the uh, this side of the podcast. Yeah. Any anything else sports related you want to get to, man? You want to talk about uh, our problems and our feelings? I don't have a lot of problems, especially now <laughs> that this uh, this environmental test is going, and I don't have to do it. No, I'm gonna I'm having a great time. Good. <laughs> you good, have good. problems that you want to talk about? Are you trying? Is this a cry for help? No, no, no. I'm actually having a good week. <laughs> That's good, man. <laughs> all right. So, as always, once we've hit this stage, we know it is time to bid you all adieu. Wish you all a good rest of your week. A good weekend to all of you. And as always, for me, go green. See you later, guys. <laughs>